Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Otaku Journey with me and Kanra, the podcast where we talk about anime and music uh, each week. And on this episode, this is a sort of a two-parter episode uh, as far as anime goes. Uh, we start watching Gurren Lagann, uh, which is a, a, a name if I've ever heard one. Uh, part one of the show i know there's like movies and stuff too like i don't know if we're going to technically watch as part of this but i might watch and see if i can watch one that there's it's kind of a uh interesting thing but anyway uh so halfway, yeah they're like comp yep. yeah yeah like compilation movies with some new footage and stuff yeah yeah one is so is it one's a compilation movie and another one's like a sequel movie to the show they're both like compilation movies Okay, okay, so just the, the two of them. So the show, for the most part, if I just stick with the show, I'll do all right. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, that's what I did, so. Okay, okay. I heard, you know, movies are sick, but yeah, I, I didn't really, didn't really watch them, but, uh, hey, I mean, in like five or ten years down the line, when I want to rewatch Gurren Lagann, I can check those out. Okay, so yeah, if you guys are really interested, uh, you can check those out, too, as well, but anyway... We watched, uh, I believe, well, technically it's 27, which is a weird, because I'm so used to, like, 26, like, more of an even number. So, to have 27, it's a little wonky, but what we did is, uh, I think we agreed to watch the first 13 for this episode, and then the other 14. Yeah, I did 13. Okay, I did 13 as well. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, so that's, we sort of split up down the middle, (laughs) uh, and... So let me, as a person who has a seat, because camera's seen this before. It's been a little bit, we've seen it. Yeah, um, oh, it's been years. Okay. But, uh, how does yeah, it, okay, um, well, I'll just ask you, how does it hold up for you after not seeing it for so long? Um, it holds up really well, actually. Uh, I do notice, uh, just my first point, I guess partly going to my faulting memory, but, uh, maybe a point about the, the show's first half in general, I guess, um, my me- actual like recall of events after episode eight, like after Kamina, uh, I know goes down significantly. Like most of this stuff, like honest to God, don't remember. <laughs> it's cool stuff that that's happening, uh-huh. but it's like a lot, of, a lot of stuff after Kamina, I don't remember. Although in my defense, part of it is I watched. Uh, so it kind of took me a little bit, I guess with Gurren Lagann into my anime fandom to kind of really get into it. I watched it the first few episodes, so, like, the comedy and stuff. I had seen those, like, with my brother, and I think some of those might have even been in, like, Japanese, too. Because um, this was my brother's, like, first anime that he had watched in full entirely by himself. He absolutely adored it, you know. Still one of his favorite shows, I believe, to this day. Um... So he, like, constantly raved about it, uh, and you know, I don't know, it's alright, I, I was more into other stuff, like, you know, uh, Fully Cooly from the same studio, stuff like that, my mind was kind of more into other things, but I could see that there was definitely, like, potential here, uh, and then a few years later, it would be about 2014, when it showed up on Toonami, playing every week playing on Saturdays and there I watched the whole show and thought it was really cool. I don't know if I got as much out of it as my brother did. Like, I don't know if this is like greatest of all time or anything, but there's definitely like a lot of hard and 
every part of the production, you know, characters, there's some really memorable characters, the animation, it, just out of this world, how good it is, every single episode, I mean, it's just, oh my god, like, the, the fights are insane in the show, just, really, like, from a technical standpoint, it's a beautiful looking show, so, like, there's definitely, like, all the, these points for it. Uh, that I think I started to appreciate now too. Uh, more now, rewatching it, and plus it is a pretty funny show, especially uh, if when you get to episode six. I'm talking about the uncut, by the way. I don't know if you watched the uncut. I don't know how you how you watched it. So if you were able to see it uncut, but the uncut episode six uh, is absolutely hilarious. Definitely my favorite episode of the show. Yeah, I uh, watched whatever's on Netflix. I don't know if it was technically done cut or not. Uh, but, okay, so this show... Okay, so the only thing I knew about this show is that I've seen a lot of uh, cosplayers of Yoko before. That was my oh, only Oh, hold on, thing. before you say that, um, episode 6 was, I believe, like a recap. A lot of was... A lot of it was recapping the TV version, and then there's a more uncensored version that has more of its own plot and stuff going on. So I don't know if that like jogs uh, your memory or anything. I must have not watched Uncut then. Oh, okay. I don't think. Would you watch that? Is weird. To... Or Dalmatian? Uh, I I tried like Netflix and Crunchyroll. Noticed neither of them were HD. Then I just torrented the whole thing. But then. My brother said, like, as I was watching it, like, oh, hey, you're watching this tournament. Why don't you watch it on Funimation? I'm like, oh, that is on there. Hmm. <laughs> Good point. But, yeah, my tournament had both the original, had the TV version and the uh, uncut version. Yeah, uncut version is great. Can understand why it wasn't on, um, why episode six had to kind of be cut down like that, though. Uh, this is, like, a Sunday morning anime. This was aimed primarily at children, and I I don't think, you know, all, like, the fan service and stuff, I, I yeah, I don't think TV Tokyo would be, like, that down for it, so, See, understandable. That's what I was gonna ask you, what the intended audience was for this show, because... Yes, it... it I, I mean, would assume generally at children. I mean, but... I, I see that, but, in, you know, and I'm not including, you know, all the ladies and Yoko and her, and her uh, you know, things and, you know, her assets and stuff like that. And, you know, all the cute girls, the typical anime, you know, tight clothing, anime stuff that, you know, I'm not counting that, like, because even ones for kids have that because, you know, that's just the way animes always work. But, yeah. but there is, there. So, the only reason I asked it specifically, because I feel like where it goes a little far for kids, is, uh, how do, how do you say her name? The, the, she's a very, she's like the most voluptuous character, I would say. Was it Adian? Adian? Um, Adian. who's like the, like the villain for a bit, for a while, and she keeps kind of showing up, and- uh, Adian? God, I already, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how to say it. So anyway, uh, but, because, like... The, I didn't end, I've, I'm sorry, I'm, idea, my blind is totally yeah, blank. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember that. either. Um, Yeah, because, like I said, I've seen a lot of cosplayers with Yoko. Like, when I saw, saw a lot of people cosplaying for the first time. That's, like, an easy start-off cosplay, I feel like, for a lot of women. Um, So I was like, oh, where's this character from? Because, like, all the, like, you know, it's a, you know, 
it's a, it's a cute look and stuff like that. Um, oh yeah. And, and then I finally I've seen those out. around at like my local cons too. Yeah. So that's how I knew like Tokyo a Cons lot of people I've seen the show is because of that. Cause I've seen a lot of those things, even though I didn't know where it was from. Um, but the reason I bring up about the thing being for kids, cause I originally thought that might be the case, but the thing is where I wondered is that because I, however you say her name, Adiana or whatever, her little, uh, uh, thing her her robot mech so the way some of these characters go guys just for just uh if you haven't seen it so the way somebody goes because i don't want i don't want there's another thing i want to talk about but i don't want to spoil that main plot point because it's kind of a big one but so the way these characters talk sometimes is that they'll be controlling these machines and then they'll sometimes talk uh you know as they talk through their mouth, the machine will somehow talk with them at the same time. Like, they talk through the machine. Even to the point where there's a one scene where Kamina, like, sticks out his tongue and the robot sticks out his tongue. I'm like, where the hell did the robot get a tongue from all of a sudden? Um, but... Oh, yeah, the talking robot yeah, suffers. And, uh, cool. and, yeah, and so basically, later on, some of them combine together into, like, one machine. And so, for example, like, two of the leads, uh, Kamina and... Simone, who always thought half the damn show's name was Zimon, and I was like, oh, it's an S. Uh, they, you know, yeah, they fuse Simone, together. Simon, that's how it's pronounced in Japanese. Right, and, and I, I didn't Kamina, realize that the it's whole pronounced Kamion, yeah. Um, so, and, and, and I'll get to more later, basically this, what the show reminds me of the most is like a Power Rangers, essentially. Because you take, everybody's got their mechs, they fuse together to create a Megazord to fight the thing. They have the same one-hit kill like the Megazord does as like a special finisher that will blow up any enemy no matter who it is. It's like kind of like a, there's a continuous story, but it is by like every episode of the, of the week a little bit where it's like some Sunora enemy shows up. They have the kind of cliches of, like, oh, this time they're at the beach. All those kind of shows always had that, where they put them in this, like, everyday life scenario, and then some monster would somehow show up related to it, whether it was kind of goofy or not. But anyway, so these, they'll take two of them and fuse together, and when they fuse together, like, the two leads, then even though the top has a face, it doesn't talk through the top part of the face. So imagine Power Rangers Megazord, you know, which its mouth never moved or anything when, and, People that characters that talk through it, but imagine all of a sudden if it they could talk through the Megazord, but instead of talking through the top of where the face is, like the mid body opened up into another mouth and it would talk through that. So when they're separating together and they're little beings, it makes sense because they have one face and then they talk through that. And as they're talking, the mech moves. But then when they fuse together, even though they have a head at the top uh, from one of the mechs, the one that the mouth that moves and talks isn't the one that looks like a face, but it's actually like the mid body that talks through that, which is kind of interesting choice. I don't know why, but it's kind of weird. But anyway, the reason I go through this whole long explanation is because this character who's a villain shows up uh, partway into the show, and her mech talks, but when her mech talks, the mouth is kind of located near a certain lower portion of the body. And her mech character is actually a little more voluptuous as well. It's got it's got some, there there it's got a little bit of boobas and a little bit of butt. It's a little super sexualized mech compared to all the other ones that look a little bit more goofy and wonky and cartoony. But then when she talks, her mouth instead of on her chest area or abdomen is right down her hoo ha area. So it's just weird that like the show for kids 
And I assume that part wasn't edited out, I would think. So you're having this kids watching the show. It's one thing to see all the boobas and stuff in the suits, but to have like a mech talking and it's it's a hoo-ha area, I felt like that's a little pushing it for kids, I would think. Oh, yeah. Uh, this was kind of from, um, in terms of what was could be allowed in like daytime anime, this was kind of running towards the end of the more... Because I think there was a period, particularly, like, in the 90s and 2000s, where, like, TV Tokyo was playing a lot of anime that were... They were putting them in time slots where, like, little kids would be watching, but they would have somewhat more mature themes, uh, be a tiny bit edgier, have, like, older characters and stuff like that. And, again, I guess stuff like that has kind of been going back to, like, maybe the beginnings of TV anime, but I noticed uh, stuff like uh, even... Karikano, Evangelion, um, there was a lot of stuff on, like, TV Tokyo and on a channel called MBS that was, like, that kind of pushed it. And Gurren Lagann is towards the end of that era where networks were more able to, like, push what they could do. But, yeah, it's, like, little things like that and the violence and, like, just as easily, like, one of the more, like, etchy and sexual shows i think i've seen that played in daytime so yeah it was kind of amazing that they were able to do what they did and like not have it edited so much other than like episode six being swapped out for what what was supposedly mostly clip show yeah and that's just crazy because like job on just, God X i mean that. granted we had you know growing up for american kids we had ren and stimpy which is way more adult than we should there was a lot of stuff when we saw when we were kids that were definitely way more adult than we should have watched when we were kids but even but even then like i don't think if like an american show talking out of the hoo-ha area would have been a thing that would have been allowed so again it's just oh yeah that for kids it started you know oh yeah definitely um I feel like even compared to, like, how overblown, it may be overblown, like, some of the, oh, yeah, look at how adult this thing is in, like, Spongebob or Rocco or something. Like, no, Japan kind of goes, it, it would go above and beyond, and they started to clamp down a lot of that stuff recently. I think because, in general, like, a lot of anime are just moving to late night anyway. Um, even stuff that's, like, more tame is, like... Even stuff from, like, Shonen Jump, stuff like Kuroko's Basketball or something like that. A lot of that stuff's just getting pushed to late night anyway, so you don't see as much of it anymore. But those, but those like, daytime anime... Oh, Gintama on TV Tokyo. Another great example of shows, like, maybe not so much, like, sexually, but yeah, like, you, I guess using, like, dirty jokes and stuff like that and adult references to try to, like, push and push those censors. Uh, to try to... But still have them like not get canceled at the end of the day like that that was definitely an interesting arc to try to see yeah it's just great but then again at the same time it's like when we got the they got the rights to air it over here in america like nobody was like ah oh, we should just cut around this character or kind of like cut the camera and they're like ah nah that's Nobody. Would. Yeah, it's not like it's hard. It's not like you have to like look for it to see it. It's super obvious. You know what I mean? I'm like, how did they get away with that? Being like, oh, but this is fine. You know. <laughs> so uh, 
you know, though, to be fair, uh, when this was brought over to America, they, there was no pretensions about this being a kid's show. This was never advertised. Uh, this wasn't put on, like, any kid's channels or anything. Oh. This had showed up on Sci-Fi Channel. If you remember a block called Anna Mondays, they, that played a bunch of shows from, like, Manga Entertainment and stuff like that. Uh, they, they played Gurren Lagann. And then a few years later, after years after Sci-Fi stopped caring about anime, then it showed up on Adult Swim. There was never really any, like, pretensions that this they had to go for like a, a younger audience or anything over here and i think even in like japan that's kind of what happened it, it's a similar thing to evangelion also you know from gynex that gynex connection there was like something directly a more aimed at like a younger audience that i think over time like had that older audience come in and the older audience that those are the ones that kind of stuck with it and all the marketing stuff like that move towards adults after that. Mm, I see. Similar stories it feel like happened with both. Yeah, and it's weird, too, because... Uh, so, so far in this show... It's interesting, too, with the main leads, because without, like... Again, I don't want to spoil the big thing, but it's interesting how, like, I thought, like... Oh, like, this is the lead, and I'm like, no, I the guy who seems like the side character, he's kind of actually, I think, maybe more of the lead now, but then things change, and I'm like, oh, well, well, okay then, here we go. But, uh, I, as, I, I like the show. I do like it. I'm enjoying watching it. I could probably, it's not my most favorite anime I've watched, though. It's probably a show I'll never need to see again after we're done with it. Uh, it's, it's fine. I like it. Um... It's just again. It's like so, a six out of ten for you. Uh no, I give it a solid. It's weird because the quality of the show I think is good, but for personal taste, it's you know. So I I give it a yeah. I mean I give it no. I at least give it a seven, seven, seven and a half probably. Um, I'm leaning towards eight just because of how uh, jaw dropping gorgeous the animation is. Oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah, the animation's this, good. This is like, it's good. It's yeah, just, the and the fights are just so good yeah and i'll preface this that's this like too. the big thing carrying it for me and the comedy and the anime like fighting and animation stuff like character uh, stuff it's all right mm. oh yeah the comedy with uh uh is it K katan is his name it cracks me up because he's katan. like one of those classic characters the way you used to hand draw animation where his like mouth and teeth are like the size of his head sometimes in certain scenes and there's a lot of like yelling and stuff like that, and it, it, uh, it cracks me up sometimes. Um, so, uh, but, um, I was gonna say that, uh, and I didn't, I didn't say this beforehand when we brought this up last time, but I've never been much of a mech anime guy. For some reason, mechs, like, in general, have just never interested me all that much. Like, Transformers was, it's fine, but I've just... The only mech stuff I enjoyed was, like, Power Rangers, like, Big Bad Beetleborgs back in the day. I liked all that stuff, but even now, I've never been much of mech. The only mech anime that I've really seen, uh, there was been a couple, which was, uh, was it Eureka 7 was one? And, oh, Eureka um, 7. And, uh, yes. Evangeli Evangelion, right? And I still haven't seen the new movie yet. I'll watch it or whatever. But that's only been the ones I've liked. I mean, Ghost of the Shell has, like, little mech characters, but it's not really about that, you know? So, uh, so going into this, like, even Gundam, like, I have on the list, I'm like, maybe I'll give it a shot. But I don't know why. For some reason, mechs overall have been, as far as, like, different kinds of anime genres, like, one of my least favorite and I've been least interested in. 
Uh, even, like, it comes to video games. I've just never kind of cared about it all that much. And I'm like, oh, it's fun for a minute, and I've had enough. And there's a lot of different mech anime and all that. So, considering that, the fact that, like, I like it enough, like, means something, I guess. Um, but it also explains why it's not my most favorite. Why it's not like, oh, it's fun, but I'll never need to watch it again. I've seen a lot of other anime that I really like a lot more. Uh... But otherwise, having said that, you know, and I, it took me a while, too. At first, I didn't like the way the mechs looked, too. It's a little bit of a different taste. And now that it's gone further on, I'm getting used to it. I don't know if I still like it. I, sometimes I think they're cool looking, and sometimes the whole thing with the giant faces, I feel like it's kind of goofy. And it was weird because, you know, when uh, Simone's, like, mech person shows up at first, I literally, like, I look exactly like on the nose, a Sentinel from X-Men. I was like, what the heck is a Sentinel from X-Men doing in the show? Like, it's literally the head of a Sentinel. And I was like, what the heck is this? Uh, but, I mean, yeah. So, person's not into Max. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm looking forward to watch it and finishing it. Um, but so far, at least the first half, uh, I've enjoyed it enough. And uh, it's kind of, at this point where we stopped, it is kind of the halfway point of like, oh, it seems like now, like, another chapter's beginning. I do like the, again, the I do like the cliches of it, I, of it being kind of similar to Power Rangers kind of thing, which is probably why I like it a little bit more than I normally would. Uh, the whole classic line of, impossible, is always great to hear. And it's like, that's impossible! How could this happen? <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and the fact that it is like, that little bit of, like, oh, it's always, you know, for a period of time you get, like, oh, these are the villains for, like, these five or six episodes. And every time it's going to be the same villain and they're going to fight the same person 8,000 times. You know, it reminds me of shows I used to watch as a kid, too, in that sort of sense. A little bit of that Dragon Ball sort of thing. It's like, oh, they're fighting them again. Yay, kind of. But I believe... Like early the the earlier part, the Kamina arc we can say was in, supposed to be inspired by like seventy super robot shows that mm. were like more episodic. Uh, it's just like those types of shows, I guess. Maybe Mazinger Z would be a good example, or early Giant Robo. I'm I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, but like it's supposed to be those shows, but with modern, beautiful looking animation. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like, the animation is it's pretty good. I like it. It is, it's that nice mix of, like, older, and then right as it starts going into, like, again, this was, like, mid-2000s, so it's, like, starting to go into that newer age a little bit. It's, like, a nice mix of the two, where they don't really make shows that look like this anymore, but it was, you could tell they were kind of moving forward into a new style. Oh, yeah, definitely. This was, yeah, this was 2007, so we were kind of at that point where what we think of as, like, modern-looking anime really started the form. Um, again, there was stuff like uh, Karno Kyokai that happened, like, that same year, and stuff like Kaon a little bit later that would be like, okay, this is what modern anime is going to look like. And Gurren Lagann, uh, I mean... I would say looks like that. I mean, it looks looks like stuff like Kill a Kill too. I mean, mm, I, I guess you like could Kill say modern Kill. classics like Kill a Kill and or some other Trigger stuff. So, mm -hmm. uh, it it definitely I feel like it doesn't really look its age. I feel like it's aged really gracefully in the visual department. 
I, I agree with that. You know, it, it's, it doesn't, like I said, it feels like older anime, but in shows like that, it doesn't, you know, because, you know, again, Project Echo, right? I love, I love that it looks old and of its time, but again, some of the animation, it's limited to what they did at the time. You know, certain stuff you could tell it's dated, whereas this, like, it's, it's kind of harder to put, like, a date when it came out. Like, you, you can guess, but it has got a little bit of that timeless look to it, which is nice. Um, yeah. I yeah. mean, I guess from, like, the digital... It being widescreen, like, mm -hmm. the digital effects, you can assume at least late 2000s, but I think timelessness in this sense, it's like, it, it doesn't feel outdated compared to stuff coming out now. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh... Is there anything from this first half that, like, that you really liked or that stood out to you at all? Uh, Kamina is just a, a bundle of joy. Yeah. Uh, the whole Kamina arc that just, oh my god, I re-remembered how much I loved Kamina. Just his pure passion, his pure energy. Who the hell do you think I am? <laughs> yeah, all him of that and Joker getting just, into it all the so time. so great. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's a, he's, he's a, he's a good character, too. I like him and his stupid glasses. Um, yeah, especially... Yes, he is the most... Oh, go ahead. Almost, like, maybe stereotypically, like, masculine character. Uh, maybe he has, like, a, a bit of, like, a touch of sexism, but it's, like, you kind of, like, look over it because he, it just everything that he does and everything that he is is just, like, so insane. It's so manly. And it's so much fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's uh it's great. Yeah, and again too, it's like, you know, I would again that like, without giving you much, it's just like the whole arc with the Simone was uh, interesting because it's like oh, it's like he kind of was there to forefront like at the very beginning, and then he kind of kind of gets like a sort of like a side character for a while, and then now he's finally kind of coming to his own as a character for me where it's like he was kind of always like there and i'm like oh and then now he's like kind of gets chance to kind of grow a little bit and shine and it focuses on him a bit more uh yeah and, you know yoko's fine you know she, she's okay uh and then uh nia she's a she's an interesting one too she's uh again there's some of these things where i was like i've seen this character in bajillion shows before but you know they're still chill or whatever um yeah oh yeah the uh nia mm -hmm. the nia like cooking thing that that was pretty <laughs> oh, yeah, funny that just, me up too. Just like, oh yeah this <laughs> oh yeah i fasted since yesterday one of the characters was like i fasted since yesterday so i could taste nia's cooking <laughs> and then there's like that one thing they're like what about nia and they're like Oh wait, <laughs> it's just like an wrench in there. Um, yeah, it's it's you know it, it's it's got it's like humor. It's a charming little show, a little a charming little little slice of life show. I'm glad it doesn't, you know that it's only 27 episodes. I don't know like past 27 if I'd be like ah, I don't know if I'm that invested. So I'm glad it's got a you know a nice short little run there, um, and it's good to see. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what the second half does to see. It sounds like from what you're hinting at, there might be a tonal shift in the second half uh, as we get into this other arc of what's going yeah. on. Um, it seemed to, by the way, the things were kind of wrapping up in this last episode that was getting a little bit more serious. 
so I'm I'm curious. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, what's gonna happen next uh, week with that? But here's also I don't oh, know if ahead. you connected, but uh, at least it came up to me since we were talking about Fully Cooly kind of recently. <laughs> but like Simone's like reaction and like running away and stuff like that after uh, I don't know if we could talk about it. it was like episode seven or so <laughs> when he saw like Yoko and Kamina getting kind of romantic like that that really like felt like fully coolly that felt like that felt like a fully coolly sequel there it's like oh my god wow yeah. it was really well handled yeah and there's there's another thing too uh again like not spoiling anything but another moment too like uh i don't think it was the last episode watched but the one before that where uh simone and yoko have a moment together uh that i thought was really nice uh, that when they were they had a conversation with each other and um, I thought that was that was that was nice to have. But, but next week we are gonna do part two of Garen Logan uh, to finish that off. Uh, also, I'd like to know too, guys. I mentioned this before. I was able, and I think it was like one of the last showings. I was able to go see Ghost in the Shell 4K IMAX uh, in the theater, and uh, man. It was great. It was so great. It's my first time seeing the movie on the big screen. You know, Ghost in the Shell is like one of my favorite. It's like my favorite anime franchise thing or whatever. Um, and you know, I have the movie on Blu-ray and I watch it every once in a blue moon. Uh, but see on the big screen and just like man, oh, just the, that must be gorgeous. Uh, the animation and the art in that dude. Oh man, and it was it, it was a uh, wasn't uh, dubbed either, so it was all. You know, it was the first time that I'd seen it with the Japanese voice, too. I'd never seen it. Uh, I've always seen the dubbed, you know, because I'm so used to the major voice okay. and the actress and all that. So um, seeing it sub for the first time, man, and it looked great. Oh, man, it was so, it's just so good. It's, it's I just, uh, it just like, I'm watching it again, again, just noticing things on that screen that I necessarily didn't notice or appreciate before. But, man, like. It's so good. <laughs> it's such a good. Ah, uh, so man. Thanks for reminding good. me for go and uh, rewatch that too. Oh yeah. Um, I think I saw that years ago, like just just late one night, and you know, I thought I thought it was definitely interesting, but I feel like now now when I'm in my early twenties, I feel like I mm -hmm. might be able to get more out of it. Yeah. Uh, same goes for the show too, because that was yes. one of the first ones I watched. Because it was on Adult Swim, but uh, yeah, I twelve year olds probably, well. yeah, I, I don't know how many twelve year olds would be like uh, the exact audience for Ghost in the Shell, but might not have been that. But I did appreciate it at least like more later on when reruns and stuff like that would come on. So uh, that would be an interesting deep dive to do, uh, just all of Ghost in the Shell again now uh, that I'm yeah, man, more especially fully too because that I still don't know when part two of the Netflix show is coming out. It's some at some point this century, I guess. But, oh, I watched a few episodes that I forgot about that one. Oh yeah, my god, it's, it's not my most favorite, but it's it's fine, it's fine. Um, yeah, it's some decent, you know, decent. Yeah. I mean, in granted, the show. I think I like to rise more than other people did, or I, I still don't. One thing that bothers me is I don't own on Blu-ray parts one and two. That's the only thing I don't have, and I'm slightly bothers me. I always keep meaning to buy it, and I never do. Uh, but. Yeah, again, Ghost of the Shell, that's one of those. I feel like compared to, uh, not going to full tangent, but, you know, other anime we watch as we get older, 
we see jokes differently or subtle hints and stuff differently. But I think what makes Ghost in the Shell more special is that it's because it's so political, societal, heavy dialogue where you have to pay attention. It's like you can see it through different stages of your life and think about your own life because it's about life and mortality and what does it mean to be human. Unlike any other anime, I feel like this one you can rewatch it and get a full understanding of like life and everything just differently. Oh yeah, definitely. Where you're at in your life, you know. Yeah, more um, of that psychological type of stuff. Yeah, yeah it's. Yeah. But please, guys, if you have it, the, the, the least original movie, start off with that. Uh, just it's it's great. Um, so I just wanted to add that out there, just so an update. All right, we did it. We're good to go. Uh, now, guys, we're going to jump into our music section. Now, what we're going to do this, this time is a bit different, because usually we'll kind of each give our reactions to it and sum things up. But I want to do this time, camera. It's a little bit different. Um, I want to start off with me giving my reactions. Uh, we're going to be talking about Puffy Yamiyumi or just Puffy, but, they, you know, because P. Diddy and all that, they had to just really watch. But anyway... Yeah. I want to give my reactions, why I think about them as a whole. And then what we're going to do that's a little bit different is because Carol wanted to talk about because they have a new album. So what I'm going to do is get all my spiel out about the way of how I feel about them as a group of a whole, a whole and things like that. And then for Cameron's half, Cameron's just going to talk all about the new album and the new music and what you think. Um... Sure. Uh, but I'm... I... I think before that, I do want to kind of talk about at least some of, like, my history oh, with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because this is... And lead that into the new album, if that's okay with you. Just yeah, yeah. because of, uh, you know... But I'll, I'm gonna, yeah, but I'll, I'll let you... I'll let you this, just uh, go... Yeah, I'll let you but go yeah, you go it. first, because um, I might ramble, so... Yeah, yeah, that's what I say. Like, I'll just let you go. Um, So, just quick reactions for me, uh, for Puffy Guy Yumi. They've been around a long time, right? 25 plus years now again camera always like a lot of the groups are like these groups been around very long time that's a big pattern i'm noticing here excuse me Woo! yeah On that one um which is good because me listening to music i never listened to before a lot of it is like newer groups but listening to music of groups that have been around a long time to have experience is even more awesome uh i Overall, I like them. I like them. They're poppy. They're a little bit boppy. They kind of get you in a good mood. Uh, kind of get you up dancing a little bit. Things like that. To me, they kind of like start in the 90s. And that's kind of where they start becoming popular. You can see in their old music videos. It's kind of 90s. Uh, some of their music got 90 vibe. But like, it really, when I think of them, I feel like they're a band that's almost out of time. Like, I, I, feel, oh. I get, like, that early 60s oh my God, so Beach good. Boys vibe from them. Like, if they were, like, around the 60s, they would have been, like... I mean, they are decently big, but I feel like they were early 60s, man. They would have blown up, like... Uh, they have been, like, one of the top groups ever. I mean, it's it's just such weird, because, like, I don't... You know, you don't hear as much music like this now, and that even the music now... I still got a bit of that vibe about it. So it's kind of refreshing in a way to listen to. Because uh, I don't hear much about it anymore. Um, even like, and, and you'll discuss this too. Because they, they even have a new video that just came out a couple days ago. Even seeing them, it's crazy. These 
these ladies are mid to late 40s, and they both, I mean, especially the one that has the blue hair, uh, they look like in their early 30s or late 20s somehow. Oh, I, oh my god, I have made a, uh, a grave error, I guess. That was the video for always, I believe? I have not seen that video. How is that one? I, I'm interested. Because uh, that's a good song on the album, which I guess yeah. we can get to later. But yeah, I didn't see the video yeah, for that. Yeah, the video, it's I basically... It in, like, uh, recommended, though. They basically take, like, their faces, and they, like... You know the, like, videos where they'll take somebody's, like, face and just kind of move it around like a still image, sort of? Where it's, like... <gasps> yeah, it's basically their heads. They're floating heads, and they kind of sing... And floating heads, kind of like how they used to do in like the early 2000s kind of grunge album sometimes, where it's like they have all this design and artwork in the background, but they're like heads are like floating and they're singing like that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And then they also have one too from like six months ago of them like covering uh, like one of their older songs and it's just like a live performance and things like that. Uh, and, like, even live, they're good. Like, their voices are so... They, like, mesh well together. They just sound so good. Um, it's really... It's 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 fun, man. It's, it's, it's like, put me in a good mood. And, um, again, just, like, even looking at their YouTube videos, I feel... I'm, like... I feel like the views are, like, lower than they even should be for them. Having them been around such a long time, I feel like more of the videos should have, like, at least a million views or something, but a lot of them don't, and it's kind of crazy to me that they don't. Uh, and again, the Teen Titans song, that one probably has the most views. Not a big surprise. I didn't, I still haven't gotten to their show stuff yet. I haven't still explored, like, the show. I do want to check out the anime show, uh, that they had. But, uh, as far as groups we've listened to so far, uh, I, I, I like this group. I'll, I'll definitely, uh, keep listening to them. These are, de this is definitely glad. towards the top. I'm really glad. Uh, uh go okay. ahead, camera. I'll just Thanks let, to the power to of the internet, I looked up the, uh, Puffy Always MV. One, just skimming through it, this looks, this looks like so much fun. This is just a bundle of joy, just like the song itself. So, you know what? Th this fits. And this is only, like, ten, not even at ten and it's been three days which is kind of sad but uh granted this also wasn't released like as a big single or anything like that probably this was done really like this was done like the day of the album so maybe that has something to do with it too you know not much more not as much of a marketing push for that one but it is a really nice looking video yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 hip and happen, and I, all their videos are a little bit. Their older videos are nice because all their older videos are them like at a location somewhere filming. That does have that like MTV sort of thing, like they're by the beach or they're on the lake, and then all their new videos are kind of more of the standard now a little bit. Uh, but it's interesting how all of their old stuff. It's such on-location shoots, and it's weird seeing that, too, because, like, you don't really see that anymore. Oh, yeah, because when you said that, the first one I was reminded of was uh, their Atara Shihibi video, which is just, oh, God, it, this, this is so comfy. This is so, like, late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, so great. Yeah, um... 
yeah, it's yeah, it, it, it's 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 a blast. It's and again like these late again these ladies are in her mid to late forties and man they like they they still look great you know it's um and they're still going right they're still going yeah. right now to be going since nineteen ninety five uh and I'm trying to see what they're they just came out with a new album. Um, yeah, and then mm-hmm. they, they had an animated live-action series they did the music for. Again, guys, they did the music for Teen Titans intro, which is, that's a bopper, too. Uh, and, yeah, they've done uh, one for Naruto. Uh, they even did the theme for Teen Titans Go, which I didn't realize, too, but that kind of makes I, I sense. I think it, that was just a remix, so I guess technically, oh, but I see. remixing the original one. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, but, yeah, it's... um. Maybe kind of a fun to see on tour, you know? They and they and their looks are different. That's another thing I noticed too is that uh, look at her different music videos throughout the years from when they first started to now. They're like their styles have changed kind of drastically at the same time, even though their music yeah, is kind I feel of like the they same. changed. Uh, and all their styles are popping. Really, it's it's uh, they're all good. And like I said, it's um. Man, it, yeah, all their stuff's pretty good. Like I said, and and that's a good thing when you hear a, per, a group live, and then you hear like the recording, and it sounds like almost the same. It's kind of nice to hear. Uh, and yeah, these ladies like kick butts. I, I I feel like they should get more views overall. I mean, there's even one that was like just listened to where they were doing one with like an orchestra too. Like they they also do like sometimes like one with like that has like a little bit of a jazz beat. Like they'll do all this stuff with all these different genre live bands but still somehow make it work within their catalog of music and that's what's cool about it you know like man just to they they have a little bit of a and not a bad way but a little bit of like if i went to like a like a small club or something like late at night again it's of the time almost like if i went to a club back in the day that was like a small club and people are like sitting at tables having a drink talking and then there's a little stage and they're just jamming on the little stage right there you know not like not so much like people jumping and rocking around the concert but you're just kind of chilling and just watching them just sing and kind of move around and all that uh oh yeah Oh God, I yeah, can only and, um, imagine just I how mean, fun they'd be live. Said, Hopefully, there's an U.S. tour in a few years. Uh, yeah, I mean, they'd be fun to see. I think because and it feels like again they have bops and I feel like their show get crazy, but you're you're not, <laughs> you know, it, you're not like jumping and bopping up and down, uh, like other groups we have listened to where you're like kind of head banging, you know, not no baby metal, different crowd, I think. Um, but. Yeah, uh, that's kind of all I've had to say. I'm glad you recommended this group, uh, guys. You should check them out. They're they're pretty. It's it's again refreshing, unique. They're a little bit uh, out of time, but it's, again, if you like that Beach Boys early '60s style with a little bit of a '90s kick into it, you'll go really like this group. Uh, and camera, I'm just gonna leave it to you. Tell me what you think of the group. How's the new album? Uh, yes, yes, a lot of different things. Uh, so first, I wanted to get to your out-of-time descriptor. That is absolutely perfect. This group feels like this. it could have happened anywhere. They have songs that could have happened anywhere from, like, 1967 to 2007. And on your latest stuff, even beyond that, it's it just... 
so many different genres and styles that they blend together. Um, it's really just fascinating to watch. Uh, but as for my history with the group, uh, I had watched their cartoon back in like 2005 or so. Like one of my earlier memories with watching Cartoon Network was watching Puffy Ami Yumi. But I didn't really think much of it. I didn't hate it, but it was it was just something that was kind of on. I thought it was okay. And then much later, I would start as a kind of like I will call a side gig to my normal like anime watching stuff. I started watching more stuff that came out during my childhood and more like older cartoons and nostalgic stuff. I watched a lot of old Cartoon Network stuff like Billy and Mandy and Edda and Eddie, which still holds up great, by the way. Uh, old Cartoon Network, so many gems in there. And one of them was Puffy Ami Yumi, which I think I was the most one of the most interested in to re revisit because, hey, it's like Deb tried to cash in on the whole like Japanese culture boom that was happening in the mid-2000s, so I think from a historical standpoint that could be something interesting. So I started re-watching that. I actually, li I actually liked it. Uh, I feel, feel like the cartoon, like, it, it could at many points, like, fall into like, two... Sta get too standard and traditional like some of the plots and like the dialogue and stuff like that but uh the character designs are nice they're, they're really cute i mean the show can be pretty funny especially later on in uh, into like season three when it starts to get like a bit more meta and stuff like that too um and, but the biggest takeaway that i had from it is that the soundtrack was fantastic i loved all the times that they use actual Puffyami yumi music in there and then ah oh god what was the site it was wasn't ei music that was why i would use like download stuff might have been but some site to like stream music and i had found one of their compilations i believe it was their 15th anniversary compilation and just like sat there with my headphones on for like an hour and listen to that. And I'm like, what the hell has this been doing? Not being in my life this whole time. I just felt, I, I, I walked out of like that setting. I was just laying on my bed with my headphones on. I felt like a changed person after that. <laughs> like it, it is so just refreshing. It was so just cutesy and fun but definitely made with, like, a lot of technical prowess. It felt like, like, these are just really damn good pop songs at the end of the day. And I also marveled at, like, the genre blending that they were able to do. Uh, their earlier stuff could be, like, bits of folk and, like, 90s J-pop, uh, bits of disco, I mean, pop rock, uh, a lot of different things. And then as they went into the 2000s, they went further into that pop rock, almost pop punk direction, um, which could signal well into the next album, I guess. But just throughout all of their different, like, little phases and stuff like that, it, it's all been a lot of fun. There, It's been a group where... I could still have skips on some skips on a lot of their albums, like songs that I'm not as into, but like the ones I am into, I just absolutely adore. Again, I think that's like kind of the uh, 
fun of this group is like even if not everything works out if not every single one of their experiments completely goes to plan for me like it all it, it just coalesces together into this like really fun really cheerful experience and it was interesting because i had come in at a kind of interesting point for the group because they had kind of settled down i guess you know they have families now uh clothing lines to deal with we were at this point where puffy ami yumi were pretty much just a group that released a sing like some singles every once in a while a lot of them were like tie-ins to uh, little games or whatever and little bits of anime or something like that uh so they we had reached a point in the career where they had slowed down so i think the times when they would drop while i was a fan it made them ever more special like uh susume nonsense which is the ending song for chibi mar for chibi maruko-chan this like really long-running shoho kids anime in japan um like seeing that was like oh oh, oh my god there's a new puffy on me you it's like oh, like wait 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 what so that was like really weird to me it's like and now because i had kind of come i had a big like obsession phase with them in like 2018 and it kind of settled down because of i had also gotten into other j-pop groups because of them puff puffy amiyumi is basically the origin point for me anyway for me really expanding my taste beyond like anime just specifically listening to a lot of like anime music i had mentioned in earlier episodes i had listened to the pillows before i had listened to asian kung fu generation before um and loved them but still a lot of my japanese music listening was still just anime ops and eds and not much else experimenting beyond that and puff yami yumi was the group that got me really digging for j-pop as a genre, not just what I saw in anime, but like looking through different groups, seeing what groups I would get into. Um, this is Puffy were the group that led me to listening to stuff like Otsuka Ai or Utada Hikaru, even the idol stuff, stuff like AKB48 was like directly because of this one time in January of 2018 where I was in my room just in a whole nother world on in my headphones, like listening to the, this Puffy Yumi compilation. So I have this group to thank for all of that. I would not be into Japanese music, maybe really even music as much as I am today without them. They are really like foundational. Asian Kung Fu Generation, okay, Asian Kung Fu Generation, The Pillows, Gorillas, and Puffy Ami Yumi, those are the four foundational groups for me, these are like absolute titans that have gotten me into this whole like music listening space, and yeah, Puffy Ami Yumi just led me down all of these different like rabbit holes, so I'm very glad to have found myself down like i don't think we would even have like a music section of this podcast if it wasn't for pafiyami yumi just introducing me to all of this really cool stuff both in the mainstream of j-pop and stuff in the underground too so there's just like so much like i feel like a very personal involvement and like 
I guess you could say almost like a debt to this group because of just how this would lead to the other stuff I've gotten into, especially stuff like AKB, which I think was another like life changing kind of experience for me. So there's, it's just, I know I sound like I'm repeating myself now and I kind of am, but I just want to emphasize just how this led to so many other things and just me getting more involved as like a music listener in general. And I will love them to death just forever for that. Uh, but now we have uh, what I thought even a few years ago was absolutely unthinkable. And we have a new album, their first one in over a decade. Some of it is compiled from previous releases, like previous singles that they had over the last like decade since they came out with Thank You, which I really thought was going to be their end. And Honestly, this one might be their end, too. They've been going for 25 years. Both of them have families and, like, side jobs and stuff like that. I would not be surprised if maybe in, like, the next year or so after they're able to tour. Because Japan, you know, live music and stuff like that is still happening, too, to a lesser extent. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe, like, after the touring and stuff, maybe some more, like, uh, album anniversaries like maybe if they just call it quits it'd be like it'd be really sad it'd be heartbreaking but still like i would understand it's been 25 years they've been doing this uh now going on to the newest album possibly the final who knows i think it's definitely great it's definitely a good like return to form for them as if they you know really had like a when i say return to form it feels like oh yeah they had like a bad period they really didn't they had a slow period for like a decade but not really a bad period and this is definitely a lot of what you would expect out of pafiyami yumi the genre mixing uh the bright hopeful cheerful vibes all throughout uh the fun and like creative songs i mean Everything that you'd want from Puffy, it's still there. I think of the kind of highlights for this record, it was Boku no Dadada, which was an anime tie-in from a few years ago. I had kind of forgotten about, honestly, but hearing it on this record, I, I'm definitely like way more in love with it now. Uh, there was Always, which I had a bit of a preconception of it prior to the album coming out because it was announced that Tofu Beats would be the one producing it. Uh, he's like a Japanese hip-hop producer. And I thought, things were connecting in my mind. It's like, okay, Japanese hip-hop producer who can do some like more like chill and mellow songs. This is the final song on the album. And even with the title, call, it's called Always. It's like, this could be... I could be a sobbing wreck by the end of this <laughs> album because of this. Like, this could... I was expecting, like, this chill hip-hop, like, electronic song that just... I, I would be in absolute tears by the end. No, I am not. It is something quite different from what I expected. There's bits of, like, records... I think it was, like, record scratching and stuff like that. A bit of a hip-hop vibe, vibe at certain points. But, uh doesn't really go in a hip-hop direction. It's more of their, like, cheerful, sunny J-pop more than anything. Uh, and I think, yeah, again, very solid closer to the album. Uh, Pathfinder is another really just... Uh, when I saw this 
the single for this because I had no idea this was tied to an album. I don't think they had announced that it was tied to like an album or anything at that point. I, that took a little bit. But hearing that and seeing that on my recommended feed was just like, oh my god, Pathfinder absolutely blew me away. Uh, it's a song done in English. Uh, it's from the like guitarist of L Garden, who are this Japanese like pop punk group that came up around the time that Puffy Ami Yumi were kind of going in their own like harder, harder into like their pop punk and like pop rock phase. Uh, so it was like really cool to see like these forces kind of combining together and making a really nice like pop punk song. It, very cheerful pop punk in usual puffy fashion. And uh, also, Cho Egoist, I believe that's how it's pronounced, uh, is Puffy Ami Yumi going K-pop. Quite interesting. Uh, check that out. I, I know you're, you're a K-pop fan too. I'm sure you'll get something out of it. I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't make that one into the single because I feel like that one would be a bit more of a hit for like maybe getting younger people into the group too is like a good transition because this it's definitely very modern sounding um i think could have hit potential but just didn't really go with it which is bizarre but uh that's another really fun one the ones that are compiled from past releases those are all still really solid too uh again just this was just a really great record a great way to see them return to doing the full album format after going so long, just doing these, like, just drip-feeding us with content over the last decade. This was nice. This felt... This made me feel like the Puffy Amiyumi arc that I that I had in, like, 2018 could finally kind of come to a close. I I, I feel emotionally resolved. It, like, this is the, the rounding out of my character arc now, I guess. Now that this album has come out and that I was a fan of this group, to see another album come out from them is just still, like, amazes me when I, like, sit back and think about it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's about it. I, I guess I can get into my favorite songs, too. Favorite album would be nice. I think that's honestly like one of the best J-pop, pop rock, whatever you call it, albums ever. Still, like all of these years later, after I've gotten to all this other J-pop stuff, I'm uh, nice. Still holds up. It is an amazing record, particularly the Japanese. I should preface by saying the Japanese version, though, because of the last two tracks, Atrashihibi and Tomodachi, are absolutely perfect. I love them to death. So, if you're going to go and look for the album, uh, look for the Japanese version. Sadly, not on streaming, uh, which really sucks because that's another easier way to get more people into them. Sadly, not there, but uh, a lot of the stuff is on YouTube. Uh, a lot of it, you know, if you if you know... You, you know places like Download It or whatever, it's not, like, that hard to find. There's, like, mega folders and stuff like that if you want to go look for this stuff. Nice, perfect record. Atra Shihibi and Tomodachi, uh, absolutely amazing. K2G and Shiawase, also... Uh, uh, that whole, like, back section 
I feel like with a lot of people, uh, a criticism I hear about so many different albums is that, oh, this album's so front-loaded, and after that, it gets really boring. I feel like this kind of has the opposite thing, where it's like, if at least as long as we're talking about the Japanese version, it is back-loaded so hard. I, I still love the record, but it is like K2G to Shiawase to Atra Shihibi and Tomodachi. That is like, that is perfection that whole like back half of that record seriously that that is just that is amazing how that many good tracks could be just shoved into the end like that uh otherwise there is for some other favorites of mine twilight shooting star which was written by sawao yamanaka of the pillows i when I saw who wrote that song, I'm like, oh my god, this makes so much sense. I, I can't believe that the Pillows and Puffy Abu Yubi got together. That that is just so cool. This is one of my is two of my like musical greats kind of coming together and doing that it is really awesome to see. Uh, oh god. I like a a lot of the like really early stuff. Ami Yumi, they're debuted is a really solid record uh i thought it was kind of interesting like it, it was interesting to kind of see them at their peak because i re-listened to that one pretty recently in preparation for this episode uh i was going back to that it does feel very 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 90s but it's still like a really solid listen throughout I thought it was interesting how even, like, experimental they could get even all the way back then, like, on that first record, because there's... They put on, like, one of their bigger singles towards, I believe it's, like, the second half of that record, but right before that, right before what would become, like, their biggest single, it's, like, this kind of weird, like, really mellow kind of folksy song with like backtrack vocals and a bit of like a reggae touch to it like it, it it's little things like that that feel just so genius and are so smart and i i just love them a lot uh so yeah uh they're a group that's really important to me um check out their stuff it just makes me smile just every single time uh... i love this group Oh god, that's I, awesome! It's I'm glad to hear. Yeah, that, I that this like had a group like had an impact on your life of uh, that magnitude. Um, yeah. So I guess then I got two questions for you. So one uh, is, so one compared to other groups we've talked about on this podcast, even ones you recommended or whatever, because you usually like everything. But it seems like for me, this group in particular. Unlike most groups we've talked about so far, there isn't, there isn't, like, I mean, there's albums you like more than others, but it seems like all the stuff they've ever done, they've never had it a low point musically in terms of, like, ah, they kind of, like you said, they took a break, but they never, like, in terms of all their albums and stuff, did one where it's like, ah, that's, you know, because every group has, like, usually an album or so where it's like, ah, this wasn't one of their best, but it seems like for you, at least, all their music, even if it's, like, a little bit different, whatever, they never had a dip in quality through their whole career. Not a significant dip or anything. I think if we're going on, like, a, a 10 scale, uh, 
it would be like the lowest would still be like a seven out of ten, and then the highest is like a perfect. Uh, I would give nice that honor. It's like one of those say damn near at least perfect albums. Still one of my favorite J pop albums. Uh, but yeah, it they do have a lot of like experimentation and stuff, and there's some so like with certain songs within albums that I'm like I might skip over kind of easily or I'm like don't leave that much of an impression on me but still it's like all of them I end up enjoying at the end of the day so that's the important thing as albums okay um so uh my last question for you is that it's not clear, right, whether there's this is new albums or last one or not. We don't know for sure. Yeah, I don't think it was said yet, at least from like yet, translated sources or anything. If it, so, let's say, well, I'll ask you this: Would you, if they said this was their last album, would you say this is a, a good hoorah? Or if they announced a new one, that you'd be like, oh, I'm fine with that too. Or maybe they should have made this their last one and not like risk making another one or something uh no if they do uh, again i will feel like a sense of completion if this is like their final album i would still be really sad but it's like uh, i i would get it again like this is their first one after like a decade of not doing the whole album thing and kind of just focusing on like touring and like family life and stuff like that uh, but if they did do another album, I am all for that. I, I am perfectly fine with that. Okay. I, wonder, uh, I, I don't know, I'm wondering, especially after if that song always is, like, the last song. It almost seems like it is, like, a, a nice, like, farewell track to kind of... It doesn't quite feel like a farewell. That's the thing. I was really was expecting, like, this kind of chill hip-hop, like, really m melancholic bittersweet ending and i didn't get that but maybe that is a good a, a good that, stopping point. point yeah, yeah maybe, maybe that them. yeah maybe yeah. that is the point who knows but yeah as far as i know they're still kind of kicking you know i'll let's see what the next few years holds especially like let's see if they make it to their 30th anniversary and who knows maybe it'll be like another tour and stuff like that hopefully to america maybe we'll get another album out of that okay but i'm interested in seeing what the future is but it, it just feels like you know more and more over time i've kind of like tried to accept like okay this release might be the last one this single might be the last like you you never know like they've lasted a phenomenally long time for a j-pop group so it's like you know you you I've tried to like mentally prepare myself like okay this might be the end or this might be the end but okay. uh as long as they still think that they still got in them you know and judging by the new songs on the puffy they obviously still do then like oh please i will definitely take more records okay all right well i again i'm glad you recommended it uh yeah i've like you know, you know how I like tell you like, oh, there's like some music of theirs I don't like or this I prefer, but I I didn't listen to the song that I dislike from them again. Um, just kind of like the pillows a bit, I think, where it's like I kind of like everything I heard, uh, which is good. So I'm glad you recommended this to me again. I'm sure we'll update. I don't know if you've been still updating the music. 
playlist. But oh sure. my god, thank you for reminding me. I think I gotta do <laughs> I'm that. Sure you got tons uh, of stuff for the to last few episodes. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. <laughs> tons of stuff to put on that. Um, and yeah, so what we're gonna do, guys, is you know I picked baby metal last time, right? To kind of vary things up. You got Puffy on Mimi. We're gonna go back to the Korean k-pop group side of things here uh we're gonna do a uh another uh group of a women group of the ladies here um and then i think uh then camera will pick next one and after that i think we're gonna do i like to do another uh uh a male uh k-pop group um after that uh because there's a lot there's still a lot of groups i'm looking there's like a lot of new groups old groups groups still coming there's Hundreds of K-pop groups that so we're not going to run out of them anytime soon. Much less solo K-pop artists, which we might squeeze in there. Uh, probably after I do the other male group, I'll probably want to do like a solo artist, a couple solo artists. Again, I'm still kind of reserving the NCT for November. And then if that kind of only lasts, depending on how many weeks that lasts, it should last a full month. If it doesn't, I'll add another male group in there because there's a lot of, lot of groups. Uh, but for this one, I'm going to do one that's been around for a couple years uh they're one of the newer groups but they're not, not a new new group uh but it's interesting um because it looks like as of this year one of their members left uh which is interesting um and that group is idol oh with the g in front of it yeah okay uh, so I'm, I'm gonna pick that. That That's the group. That's a group. I've seen, like, one or two of their songs. They've been around since 2018. Uh, so they got a little bit of a, you know, uh, catalog, but not, like, a huge one. But not, it's not like they just had, like, one album either. But, yeah, like, Sujin, who was a big member of that group, she just left recently, I guess, too. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's my choice for next week. Okay. There you go. Uh, sounds fun. Uh, I feel like I might have come across, like, one of their songs on, like, Spotify playlist. Um, because there are some really good Spotify playlists for K-pop stuff. Mm -hmm. I will, I will say that. It's gotten to me, definitely helped me get into, like, different groups. Mm -hmm. Uh, but sure, I am, I am always down to try something new, so. And I have definitely been on, like, a good, like, K-pop streak lately. So, uh, let's go. I'm down uh, for it. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, yeah, guys. So, we're gonna wrap up the episode there. I know this is a little bit longer, but like I said, I want Cameron to kind of go on and talk about because I know this group means a lot, uh, to you. Um, and it was yeah. great to hear the whole history and what you think of the album, and I'm glad that you like the new album, you know, especially if they're getting, you know, it's been a while since they've done one. Uh, but yeah, guys, check out Puffy Yami Yumi, you can check all their music out, uh, YouTube, Spotify, whatever, uh, they got a whole variety of stuff, I recommend listening to them, uh, Gurren Lagann, uh, still on Netflix for both seasons, so if you need to catch up with us, you can watch the first season on Netflix, we'll be watching, I'll be watching the second season on Netflix, at least, camera might be going to Funimation or doing his own, uh, sorts there, uh, but yeah, we'll be back to do... Part two of Gurren Lagann and uh, Idol uh, with the G in front of it uh, next week. And in the meantime, guys, uh, enjoy your anime, enjoy your music, and we'll see you on the next episode.